The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury with you. This is going to be kind of a rotating uh, host chair this year. Corey Provost will handle some of the shows. I'll handle some of the shows, and there will be a revolving door of characters from the Twins front office and field staff who will join us here every single Sunday. And today, an odd situation because we will be talking about the Twins, but the Twins will not be playing. By now you've heard the Twins and the Mariners postponed. They'll make this one up in May as we brace for another snowstorm. Our show, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Paul Molitor, kind enough to stop in before departing for, what, your couch, right, to watch the Masters? Yeah, we'll have a little family time today, but obviously uh, Sunday at the Masters is always something that if you can catch a little bit of it, it should be entertaining. The leaderboard looks good. Hope for a good day down in Augusta, and uh, we might get a chance to watch some of that. Have you played Augusta? I have not. I, I think that a lot of people that have ever swung a golf club have dreamt about that opportunity. But um, from what I understand, it's it's not an easy get. And uh, I've talked to Guardy about it. You know, uh, Wheelock Whitney took Guardy down there, you know, however many years ago, and they had a chance to play before spring training one year. And it was a day like today when they played because they said all the ponds were frozen over. But at least uh, they got a chance to go down there. But I, I think it's just one of those things that you'd love to see in person someday, and to play would be kind of a dream. Yeah, that bucket list item there. you got something sure. to, to chase. Now, go. the frozen ponds could help. You'd save a lot of golf balls. <laughs> I know I would. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, let's talk about today because it, kind of going back and forth, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? Coldest game in Twins history yesterday. Sometimes you get a cancellation, and it's just clearly good for everybody sure. in terms of keeping people healthy, not putting players or fans at risk. Uh, where does this one fall in terms of what its impact will be on your club, in particular your pitching? Well, I, I think that uh, you know the conditions haven't been ideal, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I think players do a good job of, of trying to navigate through uh, cold conditions. Yesterday was challenging. And, uh, you know, we just looked at the forecast today. Um, temperatures, you know, not not horrific, uh, maybe doable, but with the forecast of snow coming in, um, you know, we just felt it made sense to push this game back. I think it's until May 14th. And, and we'll adjust accordingly for our pitchers, uh, moving everybody back a day as we head into the week, which kind of changes our need for a fifth starter uh, uh, if the weather cooperates until Friday. When you talk about the cold conditions, and I know you've never been a guy to dwell on things you mm-hmm. can't control, and it's not something you want your players sure. focusing on either. And I think, as you said, they've done a great job of saying, hey, everybody's playing it. Right. But from the purely tactical standpoint of gripping a baseball and trying to throw a baseball, sure. pressure points for a pitcher when your fingers are a little numb, how much does it affect the game? Well, I, you know, a couple of reactions. Number one is that you, you, know, you don't dwell on the conditions, but you do acknowledge. You try to let the players know that, hey, uh, these are not – easy uh, circumstances to go out there and try to do what you need to do to be a successful baseball player, whether you're a pitcher or position player. But you go out there and you try to do the best that you can. I I know that, uh, you know, it's been 20 years since I've had to do anything like that, and I kind of marvel at at the high level of play that we have seen in these conditions. Uh, There's been some things, I think, that are weather-related, whether it's, 
you know, infielders having trouble throwing the ball or pitchers command and some of those type of things. It's it's just one of those things where you do your best you can to stay warm and keep your body flowing. But with all the downtime in our game, it makes it challenging. Yeah, you mentioned it's been a while since you played, and you certainly had cold days growing up here playing for the Gophers or, or in Milwaukee mm-hmm. before you got indoors up there uh, in Toronto and then here in Minnesota. Is it almost harder to manage because you're not moving around? Uh, you know, you, you try to just stay as present as you can. Um and, and manage as normally as you can. You know, you're, you're considering factors, um, being careful with, you know, people being out there too long and, and increasing risk of getting hurt, um, all those type of things. But, yeah, managing, not a, not a lot different other than you're trying to make sure that you know where all your players are at as far as how they're feeling throughout the course of a game. Speaking of how they're feeling, we saw Jason Castro reach high <laughs> yeah. for a Tyler Kinley pitch. They said maybe the knee tweaked a little bit. Obviously good that he doesn't need to come in and, uh, and run around in the cold yeah. today, but uh, how severe and what can you tell us about well at the t- at the time I, I i be honest with you i was i wanted to take him out of the game because when he told me his knee locked up when he bounced off the ground and tried to make the flip to home plate after the wild pitch you know that didn't sound good to me but he said that it, you know it was kind of a one time thing and he moved around and he wasn't feeling anything so he went ahead and finished the inning uh, thankfully this morning he's he's a little sore um there's no swelling in the knee and and we're hopeful that you know given today and uh, he'll be able to be ready to play tomorrow. But uh, we're going to have the doctor check it out, I think, sometime here later this morning or early this afternoon. Yeah, when he reached, I was so many things go through your head because you don't see him wincing a whole lot. No. Was it an oblique? Was it his leg? Yeah. And uh, So that's probably best-case scenario. There, I, I think so. Um, and, again, you know, can you attribute that to the coldness? Uh, if they're related in any way, it, it's possible. So that those are some of your concerns. All right. That's uh, Paul Molitor. He is our guest. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killer Brew root beer no baseball today but do stay with us you'll get your fill of baseball conversation we are just getting started here on inside twins with paul molitor and we're back for more in a moment right here on your home for twins baseball this is wcco the radio home of minnesota twins baseball you're listening to the treasure island baseball network Welcome back to more Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. No Twins baseball today. The Mariners and Twins will have their rubber match knocked out by Mother Nature here today. They will make it up in May. Twins get back at it as this extended homestand with the world champion Astros coming to town tomorrow. Paul Molitor, kind enough to join us here in studio uh, for Inside Twins. And, and, Paul, you were awarded your Manager of the Year trophy yesterday and at the time and you've repeatedly uh stuck with with this mantra and i think sure. it's more than being just self-deprecating in terms of how many different elements go right. into winning an award like that and i know that's not just something you say that's something you truly feel and believe well i believe it uh first and foremost um you know when you look at the history of manager of the year awards um obviously a lot of uh, really good people and good baseball people have won it but there's also been managers of the years who've gotten fired shortly thereafter uh, I kind of buy into the theory that, you know, if you can manage, you can manage. Um, sometimes there are changes just because of circumstances, and, and it's a position that can revolve in that regard. Uh, but in, in terms of last year, you know, I think we did some things that worked out well, um, how we ran our spring training, priorities that we set out. and uh, But the biggest thing was you, you have good players. Um, you develop them properly. Uh, you try to make the right moves throughout the year with your front office co- cooperation. Your coaches contribute, and your players go out and play. <clears throat> I mean, we uh, we had guys that certainly, you know, began that uh, 
upscale trend last year as far as what we expect some of our young guys to become. And as a result, we, we had a very fun, entertaining year, and the Twins were a good story in baseball. And I, I think that the award that came in my in my direction was attributed to a lot of those factors. And he had TK in a suit. How about that? You know, I, I saw TK came in yesterday morning early, and uh, I said something to him about, I, you know, you're doing some TV today. And he kind of blew it off, and I didn't even think about it. You know, I just <laughs> – wasn't sure, and then sure enough, I go out there in the dugout before the game, and then there's Tom standing there, and I, you know, finally put it together that he was going to present that award, and it meant a lot. You know, I mean, I've learned so much from that man, and uh, um, even to even now, you know, we we talk fairly regularly about things, and and for him to make the effort to be a part of that ceremony yesterday was special for me. It was outstanding, and and the actual trophy, the actual award. What what do you do with that? I mean, is, is that on the front seat? Is Ben holding it in the back seat on the way home? Like, where does it go yeah. when you when you get home? Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I have a few things out in my home, um, and I have a lot more in the basement. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, it's just one of those things that I think it's, like I said yesterday, it's a reminder uh, of the enjoyable season that I was able to be a part of last year. I'm, I'm not sure where that's going to show up in the house as of yet. That's a good problem to have. It's a very good there problem go. to have. Now, speaking of legends, you were the hitting coach with uh, with Ichiro Suzuki and the Seattle Mariners uh, years ago, Ichiro still sure. still doing it as he fillets a couple more in yeah. there on the grass and and piling up the hits. And I know as a hitter, there are very few people when you look at him, you, can, you try to compare him to other hitters. And I don't know if there's ever been a guy you can compare him to. I know you guys had a very yeah. special and unique relationship. Uh, what's it been like seeing him here doing what he's doing still at this age back in that same uniform? Well, I, I marvel that what he's accomplished in the game um, – both in Japan and over here, you know, to have be the all-time hits leader if you combine the two uh, professional games over there and in, in, in our states. But um, I could tell when I coached him that he had, uh, you know, in some ways almost an unparalleled passion to play, um, very unselfish, very diligent in his work routine. And he had talked about even back then how long he wanted to stay in the game and some things he wanted to accomplish. I, you know, the year that I coached him, he set the, the record for hits. It was 262 or whatever it was, and uh, I got a chance to witness that. And I always, I always, what I marvel at with with his bat control is that I, I think that he actually sees space on the field, and he kind of knows where he wants to try to steer the ball because even if it's in the infield, if he can make an infielder move, a certain direction he thought he could beat it out the year that he set the record i think he had close to 80 infield hits which is incredible and he's still going uh, he got an opportunity in seattle with some injuries that they've had but he's taken advantage and we saw yesterday he can still do some damage seeing space it's amazing yeah you know literally placing the ball as a uh, major league hitter paul molitor is our guest guy who found the grass uh, over 3,000 times in his own right. The show is inside Twins. Twins not going to play baseball today, but they've got a lot of baseball here at Target Field in the week to come, and we'll get into that, the matchup with the Astros in the uh, first couple of weeks in the rearview mirror of the 2018 season when we return to Inside Twins after this break right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Buster. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury with you in our network headquarters here at Target Field. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. And Paul Molitor, kind enough to join us in studio. Again, if you're just joining us, no baseball today. 
But, boy, Paul, plenty of baseball coming up. We, we talked about how you're going to enjoy some golf today, but yeah. uh, you can't rest too easy with the thumping Astros coming to town. That's a good baseball team. Uh, when I look at this, it's early in the year, I know, and I know that you don't really have for any team that – that in-season rhythm mm-hmm. that baseball players, I think, thrive on and that the game thrives on. But when you look back at last year, there was clearly some separation between teams like the Astros uh, and uh, at the top of the yeah. league and some others. Cleveland, and so sure. Cleveland, so those are the teams you're trying to gain right. on. Uh, it's too early to call it any sort of a measuring stick game, but do you look forward to facing teams that are, at this point in time, the, the best in the business? You know, I think that you do. You know, I, you don't get too carried away with that. You know, obviously, if you're going to get to where you ultimately want to go, you're going to have to beat some of these teams that are on the upper echelon. You know, what Houston did last year, um, you know, the regular season uh, and the way that they performed in the off se- uh, in the playoffs. You know, Cleveland's year, you know, kind of hovered around 500, and then they went 22 in a row in the second half, and they pulled away from everybody. Um, these are these are tremendous teams, and, and we aspire to be one of those clubs that gets into those conversations. But as far as playing them, especially early, we're focused on our, on our guys. And you talked about the routine aspect of our game. I, th- I think our game is built on routine, and it just hasn't been that way. Between the off days and the fact that we haven't had batting practice on the field now for nine days, um, we haven't got to that portion yet. I'm hoping the weather cooperates so we can start to, you know, we got some consecutive games lined up here this week, which will be good for us, I think. Try to get going. But but Houston will be a good test early. You're not going to pin your season's hopes on the outcome, but obviously you want to play well and continue some of the uh, good things that we've seen our team perform uh, as far as the first handful of games. One of the remarkable things about last year's Astros, to me, really the core of their ferocity offensively, they, they clobber home runs among league leaders and they don't strike out. Yeah. They struck out less than any other team. Now, we've had this conversation sure. with Jack in here many times about uh, your disdain for the strikeout and, and your firm right. belief that you don't have to strike out in order to hit home runs. They're proving that. Do you look at that and wonder how they've created that? Well, it's uh, you know it's the cream of the crop if you've got a team that can hit it over the fence and not strike out and still put it in play when you need to. And I think it's been I'm, – I'm not sure what they teach and try to improve that. <clears throat> Part of it is the talent level of players that you have. You know, we still see with our young guys, um, you know, I, I just watch and, and how many times we flip counts either in our favor or not to our favor depending on our discipline. You know, you go from 1-1 and chase a bad pitch and now you're 1-2 as opposed to taking it and now being a hitter's count in 2-1. When you watch Houston, they do that – really really well they just don't put themselves in bad counts unnecessarily and i think that's part of their success and you see guys that aren't afraid to choke up and shorten their swings with two strikes given the situation and and hence you you know strike out as much so um i think our guys should watch people that do it well we have guys on our team that do it well you know joe in particular jumps out for me but those are some things that I think bode well for your team collectively if you can improve upon them. Yeah, it's a great point about flipping the counts and how that can change the whole facet of, of a particular at-bat. Uh, let's get back to the routine issue. As you said, no batting practice, a lot mm-hmm. of day games, a lot of days off. Uh, and yet I feel like the bulk of your guys, in particular offensively, seem to have been able to, to find and establish a rhythm early in this season. Not everybody necessarily, right. but but to their credit, they've, they've been able to, to yeah. find a rhythm early. Yeah, and, and you know, the uh, the at-bats, you know, those first 25, 30, even maybe a little bit higher number, they just get so magnified. You know, you spend six weeks in spring training, and, and you want to get off to a good start, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. 
And you just trust that they understand that give them another month, it's going to look normal. But when you have to look up there and see that you're, you know, two for 20 or whatever, it kind of can be a little bit weighty. But uh, my biggest experience was that was when I went to Toronto and uh, hadn't made a change ever. And it was 15 years in Milwaukee. And I got off to a terrible start with the Blue Jays. And I just felt like, man, what, you know, can I play, Uh, you know, was, did I make the right decision? And then eventually, you know, you get a hit in a big situation and the weight comes off your shoulders and then the season just kind of goes on as normal. But for the most part, our guys have, have done fine. I mean, you think about our players, um, a lot of guys have gotten off to really good starts and some have been just normal and a couple guys have struggled a bit. But it, it's no red flags for me as, as of this point. Well, even a guy like Logan Morrison who's making that change, yeah. his at bat, he, he didn't get the hit. But the at-bat was there. Yeah. The quality of the at-bat was there. And I think he's a guy who needs routine, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And it's been a little bit scattered for him. He hadn't played for a couple of days after I sat him uh, one of the games in Pittsburgh. and uh, But he's been putting together some really good at-bats. I think the one that, you know, with the game kind of in the balance yesterday, you couldn't ask for anything more. He battled. He, you know, he fought off some tough pitches. Hit a couple of balls hard that he just hooked a little bit too much, and, and they ended up popping up. But I... I told him, you know, that was a great at-bat. Even the first inning yesterday, he had a really good at-bat. Just didn't turn out uh, to get any reward at the end. And you talk about uh, the the routine, and I, I, even for yourself, I know we were going to see a lefty Gonzalez today, yep. but is it fair to say you don't have still a set, this is my lefty lineup, this is my righty lineup, this is my lefty who throws you yeah. know, this type of pitches or that sure. type of pitches? Well, you know, uh, the righty lineups, right, right-handed pitcher is a little bit more lined up for me in, in general. Uh, the left-handed uh, when we face a lefty, not quite as established. And, and and to be honest with you, I don't think too far out. I think about off days for certain guys, and, and, and with five natural left-hand hitters, you've heard me say that mm-hmm. you just can't play them all against these guys. So you, you're going to try to rotate it a little bit and try to give some other guys a chance to play. And at the same time, hopefully develop these guys' ability to hit left-handed pitching, especially when you talk about guys like you know Kepler and Rosario and, and those type of people that need to face lefties in order for them to improve in that, in the, in that situation. Manager Paul Molitor is our guest. We have one final segment maybe time for one final question it's inside twins and we continue on your home for twin baseball radio home for twins baseball 830 wcco this is the treasure island baseball network Welcome back to our final segment of Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. Paul Molitor is our guest. Uh, and kind of a, an, an ode to last year, Paul will join us for eight or nine of these. Mm-hmm. We'll even drag Jack Morris in here uh, time again. What is he out of getting his uh, his Hall of Fame coat tailored, do you think, today? I'm not sure what he's up to. I know that he got out there for his... Uh whatever they call the weekend when you go out and have a chance to go through the museum. But, yeah, we haven't seen him around too much since the season started. He's changed. He, yeah, he's changed. <laughs> stay, stay humble, Jack. You guys have a, a nice stretch, and then you're off to Puerto Rico. What are you looking forward to most this week? Is it just the fact that hopefully you're going to play every single day? I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, Houston will be fun, and we'll get a chance to see kind of a revamped White Sox team over the weekend. You know, and then April schedule's 
tough. You know, this long homestand here is, is good, but when you talk about playing the Houstons and, and uh, Clevelands and, you know, going to New York for four games before the month is over, uh, but it'll be a good challenge for us to try to keep our head above water as we get through the first month. Yeah, and kind of get a sense of uh, where things are. We are going to see Lance Lynn tomorrow against yes. the Houston Astros. It's been chilly, but when we talk about the, the cold effect, a guy who loves fastballs, it should fit right in with him. Yeah, I think he'll time. be fine. You know, he actually threw the ball pretty well once he got uh, through that first inning last week. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for our team. All right, well, you get the afternoon to enjoy some golf with your family. Do you have a winner for us? Can you predict a Masters winner? Well, you know, I got Patrick Reed in the pool, so I'm kind of pull, oh, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for the number one guy, that's for sure. There's nothing wrong with, yeah. uh, with having the lead pony. Paul Molitor is our guest, uh, insightful and fantastic as always. Uh, Paul, enjoy your afternoon with the family, and we will see you at the ballpark. Sounds good. Thank you. That's Paul Molitor. This has been Inside Twins, brought to you by Killer Root Beer. Join us again next week, and join us tomorrow night for the Twins and the Astros right here on your home for Twins Baseball. have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.